Welcome to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Meisler, and this is a weekly show that explores the intersection of security, technology, and humans. I spend 5 to 20 hours a week consuming books, articles, and podcasts, which I then turn into a concise 15 to 30-minute summary and analysis. There's a summary episode every week, as well as periodic standalone episodes that are either me sharing an idea on a topic or discussing one with a guest. The goal is twofold, to keep you up to date on the absolute latest in security and technology, and to explore ideas that hopefully give you something to think about. All right, welcome to episode 220. Starting off security news. So I know a lot of people are saturated with virus information already, but given its importance, I think it'd be strange not to address it. And I think there are many interesting things here to surface and or think about. But not being an epidemiologist, I see my role here, as it often is, as a collector of expert opinions with some occasional commentary. But you definitely won't see me drifting too far outside of my lane on this one. I think it's super annoying when people suddenly become, you know, virologists or whatever. So we'll be trying not to do that um, and just try to surface interesting things as I see them. And also not broadcasting the news that kind of everyone already knows. Um, So walking the line between that kind of news delivery versus analysis and trying to stay in my lane at the same time. All right, so the president is looking to create a new $850 billion stimulus. That's my alarm. The CDC has recommended that people postpone meetings of more than 50 people, while the White House said later to avoid groups larger than 10, actually. Surgeon General has advised hospitals to cancel all elective surgeries. Starbucks and many other food businesses have moved to a drive-through slash pickup model, so customers aren't actually interacting with their staff. San Francisco Bay Area, which is where I live, is being asked to stay at home until April, April 7th, actually. But the request doesn't apply to gig workers or people with jobs that require them to be out. Multiple computer game companies are seeing peak traffic on their games due to home isolation. So I think game companies are probably going to fare pretty well in this because everyone's going to be at home with less to do. Amazon is set to hire 100,000 more workers to cope with the demand of everyone being at home and ordering stuff. Really hope that infrastructure can support what's, what's coming here. And a church in South Korea was spraying salt water into people's mouths because they thought it would kill the virus. But they ended up infecting over 40 people because they were using the same nozzle in all of them, which was touching their mouths. So just a reminder to avoid junk science that can actually do harm and to look out for your more gullible loved ones as well. GitHub has acquired NPM, which is great news for software supply chain security, especially around JavaScript, because they've been sending out, they've been really diligent about looking at uh, what vulnerabilities you have in your software if you're using packages that have known issues. And the fact that they're going to be able to do this now for NPM, you know, which is basically global infrastructure at this point, I I think is a a real win for the world. 
The Army released its draft proposal for a potential $1 billion contract for cybersecurity training for the DoD. Clearview, the app that can identify people in the wild based on its database of billions of people and then match you to a profile, was being used by rich people and big companies and governments for a long time before it became infamous. They're basically using it as like a party trick. They would be like, hey, see that person over there? Go take a picture of them and bring it to me. They bring in the picture. They would look it up and be like, oh, that's so-and-so. And like it worked. It's it's pretty pretty crazy article. WordPress is getting automatic updates for plugins and themes, which now that they mention it, why, why did that take so long? Seems like that would have helped a lot. A number of prominent and very brave Russians have signed an open letter proposing, or no, opposing Putin's attempt to extend his time in office by another two terms, which if he got his way, would take him through 2036. So what he's trying to do is actually just pretend his current two terms didn't happen. He's going to get him taken off the books or whatever. So he can serve another two terms, which would go all the way to 2036. And he's doing this while everyone is distracted with uh, the current situation. Advisories. If you haven't patched your Windows systems for this warmable SMB issue, I think you really should do so. Looks pretty nasty. Technology news. Tesla has surprised everyone and started shipping the Model Y like six months early. Thought it was just a couple of weeks early, but actually it's like six months early. They were saying fall of 2020. Microsoft Teams crashed under the load of Europe's higher traffic on Monday. Intel researchers have created a neuromorphic chip that can detect 10 hazardous chemicals. So it's basically smelling 10 different hazardous chemicals. Moog and Korg have released their mobile apps for free so people can distract themselves by creating electronic music. Human news. Universal is going to release its movies simultaneously in both homes and theaters. This is really cool, and I hope it lasts even after the theaters open up again. They weren't doing so well anyway. Now that China is coming out of crisis mode, their divorce rate is shooting up due to couples being forced to live in close proximity for so long. It's actually bad enough that some local governments have placed limits on divorces per unit of time. So they're basically rejecting divorces because too many happen during that day. Some airlines are pivoting to using their fleet to move cargo rather than people. They've got to do something. There's a story going around that basically they're going to be bankrupt in a matter of weeks or a couple months. Ideas, trends, and analysis. A piece in the New York Times captures the economic fallout problem very clearly. In this one sentence, I really like, one person's spending is another person's income. That, in a single sentence, is what the $87 trillion global economy is. One person's spending is another person's income. That, that really says it all right there. Question. If you were Putin, what would you do while nobody was watching? 
And how would you try to harm America during a period of chaos? So far, he seems to be attempting to seize power internally via various means, and he has helped exacerbate a plummet in oil prices. But I wonder if he could also be behind some of the DDoS and ransomware attacks on health organizations in the U.S. Because when I asked myself who would DDoS American health organizations during a pandemic, I don't come up with too many entities outside of nation states, hostile nation states like Russia, Iran, and North Korea. Probably missing some. And maybe kids are really so crazy and, and uh, nihilistic that they would do that to themselves, like American kids, American hackers. I just don't see it. I, I don't see the hacker community, even on the black hat side, doing that. I see it more of a way of sowing chaos or making it worse. Keep an eye on what governments and companies are willing to do when they think people's attention is diverted. Princess Cruises announced a breach that they've known about for 10 months. Do you you think anyone noticed? Of course they didn't because this other thing's going on. Putin is trying to extend his reign, which we talked about. And a bunch of people in Congress are trying to pass a law that will attack end-to-end encryption in the name of, air quotes, the children. I imagine we'll be finding out for years the incredibly shady stuff that was either done or was attempted during this moment. What I wonder is how well national U.S. chains will hold up um, during during this period. For example, Walmart, Target, Whole Foods, McDonald's, Burger King, whatever, pizzas. Seems like those supply chains breaking down are where we have a real problem. If you can't go to restaurants or local stores, that's one thing. But if there's no food anywhere and the food trucks aren't delivering resupplies or there aren't any workers to keep things moving, then we potentially have a real problem with social unrest. Anything less than that, where we still have groceries, running water, power, then it's really just the health problem and the economic fallout problem, which are really bad by themselves, but not nearly as bad as things going off the rails from social unrest. Updates. I feel like I'm going to be buying coffee and meals for grocery store workers and nurses for a long time after this is over. Feel like they're, well, it's a feeling. It's it's true. They're literally keeping society going right now. They are everyday heroes. When things get back to semi-normal, which could be a while, I think I will actually try a dopamine fast. This guy in this article tried it with a similar bias that I have towards it, which is I was just like, nope. Not going to do it. Sounds dumb. But I think he ended up exactly where I might expect to if I did try it, which is realizing that it's just a means of achieving mindfulness. In other words, nothing special, but something extraordinary. So right as this thing started hitting hard about a week or two ago, I was a couple of weeks into a new permanent way of eating. So I'm already down around eight pounds from it and was just feeling really, really good. 
it all came from reading the book How Not to Diet, which is a massive read over like 25 hours or something at like 2x speed on Audible. But it's basically an extraordinary collection of research that spans the entire field of like diet science or whatever, food, whatever, nutrition, going back for like decades. And it's presented in quite an approachable way. The guy loves alliteration. He absolutely loves it. Like there's just so much of it in there. But anyway, the TLDR is fairly simple. It's basically eat plants. So I've been eating super high quality salads and just feeling fantastic. Basically everything improved within just days, energy, sleep, weight. I also cut out diet soda at the same time and cut way back on meat. Anyway, then the virus hit and I don't think you'll be able to walk the organic salad path anytime soon. But uh, it's definitely something to look forward to when things get back to semi-normal. Um, not not as a, like a diet. I have no interest in diets, but as a, a new permanent way of eating. But you should definitely check out the book if uh, if you're interested in being more healthy. Uh, so I also found myself without a coffee maker during all this. I had taken my two AeroPresses to work, and we normally get our coffee from outside <clears throat> somewhere lately. So I ordered a decent drip co- coffee maker, which uh, should come soon via Amazon, and opened my Chemex, which I've ne- never actually tried. Really like it. It's uh, basically a manual drip machine, but I like the aesthetic. It's uh, pretty cool. And my three go-to news sources right now are Feedly, which is my RSS aggregator, New York Times, which is extremely high-quality coverage and curation, and I, I like the, the feel of it because I can't tolerate the apparent glee that CNN and other networks are taking in hyping this, uh, this situation. Really, really gross. And then the third one is Reddit, <clears throat> which is all about the subreddits you subscribe to. It could be a total trash heap, and it could be really quite smart and interesting. And uh, you can get early signals of real stories. So that's why I use it. Discovery. Someone did an interesting test of cloud-based WAFs, AWS port mirroring as data exfil, some interesting advice on how to present remotely. Not sure I agree with all of it, but worth reading. The Cyber Intelligence Analysts Cookbook, a list of 600 free online courses from 190 universities. Analysis of how layoffs are likely to materialize. A collection of tools for fighting disinformation online. Dork in Query by Madeiras. A large study has shown that vitamin D can help against acute respiratory infection, which a lot of people immediately read, given the current situation, as it'll stop COVID-19. But what you actually learn by reading the study is that supplementation helps greatly when you're deficient, which is way different than non-deficient people taking megadoses and becoming immune to the flu or cold or whatever, this current thing that's going around. 
basically, the study says if you're vitamin D deficient, it can put you at more risk of respiratory infection. So basically, make sure you're not vitamin D deficient, which is good advice for lots of reasons. Start locking down your Elasticsearch servers. Pretty cool article here. Mary Dash's writing tips. Superimposer, a program that creates a video of you in the corner of your slides. Navi, a live CLI tutorial assistant. Ventilator stockpiling and availability in the US. A collection of tools for finding sensitive information on GitHub. Thanks to Jason for the tip. Shuffle DNS, a wrapper around mass DNS written Go, which means it'll be fast. And Sifter, an OSINT recon and vulnerability scanner that combines multiple tools. Recommendations. Don't forget your caffeine dependency. Order some caffeine pills and or su secure a supply of coffee. As I found out a few times over the last several years, if you just forget to drink coffee for whatever reason, your head will basically explode. It'll feel like you're like actually dying. And it's best not to mix that in with this whole mess. So as I mentioned above, I've been relying a lot on the New York Times's coverage of the virus situation. I'm a subscriber anyway, but their coverage of this situation is free to everyone. I like their curation on the topic and the fact that you don't need to ask whether or not it's real news from reputable sources. And the tone still feels like journalism rather than news entertainment like CNN. Plus, it's updated constantly. It's just a really good source, and I got the link here. And the aphorism for the week the only way to fight nostalgia is to listen to someone else's nostalgia. I think this is hilarious. <laughs> the only way to fight nostalgia is to listen to someone else's nostalgia. Pete Hamill. All right, thanks for listening to this episode of Unsupervised Learning. I believe ads are not just annoying, but that their incentive structure is toxic to the content creation process. So if you enjoy the show, please consider supporting it directly for just $5 a month or $50 a year, which is two months for free. UL members get the newsletter each week instead of just twice a month. They get access to the archives. They get access to the UL Slack community, where we share ideas and links about the topics we discuss here in the podcast. They also get access to the UL Book Club, where we pick a book a month and talk about it live as a group. To become a member, just head over to danielmeesler.com slash subscribe. And thank you so much to everyone who's already a member. Each of you is helping support a model of content creation that we really need right now. And I appreciate you greatly. We'll see you next time.